Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. All right. How are we doing today? I uh, was going to button the second button today to prove that I was not prone to social norms, but for fear of lad's rebuke, I've buttoned the top button. So, man, it's good to be here in the presence of Yahweh, isn't it? So much uh, going on in the world, so much to think about. And so it's good to come and have a day of rest and recovery. How many of you could use some recovery? Hallelujah. Let's give thanks to Yahweh uh, as we bring this word. Father, we're just so thankful today. For your kindness, for your goodness, Father, we're thankful for your mercy, for your grace, which endures forever. Yahweh, we want to be a people that serves you, a people that honors you with our lips, that testifies of your goodness. Help us, Yahweh, to be mindful and to be thoughtful about you and what you want, how we can better serve you, Father. We're just thankful for these people that are here today, that you would lift them up, Father, that you would give us a spirit of strength and discernment. We pray for all those that are sick, not able to make it, Father, that are hurting. We pray for our nation, for our state and for our community and for this assembly. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory through the name of your son, Yeshua. Amen. Well, it's so good to be here. And um, we're just thankful for the opportunity to share a word today. My name is uh, Keith Wilson. For those of you who don't know me, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Amanda. We have four amazing children. And we're thankful to be a uh, part of the ministry here at the Assembly of Yahweh, part of the work that goes here goes on here as the youth ministers. And uh, we just feel blessed. Do you feel blessed? Yeah, I feel blessed. Today I'd like to um, continue a message that I started a few weeks ago and really piggyback right on Kyle's message that he gave last week, which was phenomenal. A message about our thought life and how that relates to our actions. And if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Our text will be taken from that chapter and also from Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 22, we have Yeshua is being tested by the religious leaders of his day to prove his Authority, and he is giving them a run for their money, as the saying goes. Sometimes he was giving them a run for their money because he was carrying a whip and beating them because they were trying to use the temple for a profit. But in this one, he's, he's uh, using his words. And if you recall, I gave a sermon a few weeks ago about the idea of, is it enough? Speaking about the rich man who asked Yeshua about the kingdom of heaven and how I can enter and doing the bare minimum. And we spoke mostly about the heart. 
Because in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, there was a question raised, which is the great commandment in the law? In verse 37, Yeshua says, you shall love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so I'd like to paint a picture of a complete person today. And I'm not the best at drawing, so you'll just have to stand by and be patient with the drawing. Looks more like a robot than a person, but that's because we need the space. Oops, that was the wrong shape. Stand by, I'm trying to draw a heart. All right. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we have a similar statement, which is what Yeshua was quoting here, by the way. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, the scripture says, You shall love Yahweh with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So we have these four concepts. And last time we talked about the heart. But we have the heart, the soul, which is the identity or complete person. We have the mind and we have the strength, which speaks to the ability to act, the ability to act. And we can see that Yahweh is not satisfied with any one part of you. He wants it all. Every ounce of us, everything that we are, he wants. He wants to be devoted to him. Can y'all see that okay? Is it, is it possible to get it up there on the screen? Or if, if it is, let's try. So we're to love Yahweh with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And so what, what we'd like to do today is break down the mind, soul, and strength and carry on those principles. There's a poem that um, I heard recently. How many of you like poetry? All right, one person. That's good. Oh, poetry. And when I was in grade school, they taught that, you know, grade school, by the way, is the foundation of communism, so this next thing will make sense. But they taught us that whenever we're reading or listening to poems, whenever somebody's done with their poem, you don't clap, you snap. How many of you have ever heard that before? All right, half of you are communists, the rest of you are free thinkers. That's good. <laughs> Snapping. Well, we decided in our leadership group to have a time of poetry. And I was impressed with the poems because the poems that were brought in the leadership group were way better than the poems that were brought in elementary school. I assure you of that. And one of these poems stuck out to me. And it's, it's kind of rough, so you'll have to bear with that but it's a poem called Ride for the Brand. Have you ever heard of that poem before? 
ride for the brand. And for all those of you who are ranchers, you'll really appreciate this. His skin looked like leather. He walked with a limp and talked with a slow Texas draw. His knuckles were knotted. His left thumb was gone. Said a stud bit it off late last fall. We knew he was lying. We watched him dally it up. But it ain't healthy to call him a liar. It was Saturday night before the wagon went out and he was sitting, he was setting this new kid on fire. Now we've all heard his stories about places he's been. We all think that Jake's pretty strange. He looked over at me, said, I'm schooling this boy about the unwritten laws of the range. The kid was enthralled, kind of like in a trance. Jake sensed that he had a good grip. He straightened up, hitched his pants, took a drink of cold beer, and turned around with his hand on his hip. He said, son, a man's brand is his own special mark that says, this is mine. Leave it alone. You hire out a man, ride for his brand, and protect it like it was your own. He said, Mr. Wagoner, come out here in 1903. This country was sagebrush mesquite trees and sand. He carved him his ranch out of blood, sweat, and guts. So be proud that you ride for his brand. If you hire out a string barb, uh, bob wire, then build him a fence. Don't matter if it's four or five strand. Remember, it was you who asked for the job. So don't complain when you ride for, the, for this brand. Mr. Wagner, don't hold with complainers. He'll fire one before he can quit. So if you don't like our outfit, then head down the trail. Find a hoss that your saddle will fit. But if you get up early and catch your own bronc, show the boss that you're making a hand. Mr. Wagoner will be there to cover your bets as long as you ride for his brand. He said, the winter I spent at the Sixes, we had a man at the old tailor place. He rode up on some riders, a skin and a cow, and squared off at the scamps face to face. Now he could have rode off and never looked back, but he just wasn't that kind of man. We found him in Ash Creek, shot all up, and Nakoa Joe died for the brand. We knew the old man tells a windy or two, like the one about losing his thumb, and Nakona was killed in a bar in Fort Worth by the demons in a bottle of rum. But I got to thinking about what he said and the more of it I understand, the more I believe we'd, we'd be all better off if more people would ride for the brand. If more people would ride for the brand. Yahweh wants to brand us. He wants to put his seal on us. You know, the Israelites went through a type of branding themselves. It was called circumcision. And we understand that as Yeshua is ushering in this new covenant that Yahweh promised in the book of Jeremiah, that I would write their law, my laws on their hearts and on their minds. I wanted a circumcision of the heart. You see, Yahweh is looking for people who are willing to ride for his brand, not just on Sabbaths, 
Not just during the festival times. Not just waking up and saying a quick prayer. Or going to sleep and uttering some words of thanks. Not just people who are interested in praying over their food and sharing a quick blessing. No, he's interested in people willing to ride for his brand. How can I love Yahweh with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with my mind? How can I accomplish this? What does he want from me but everything that I have to offer? The heart we talked about is the place of will, the will, the desire, emotion, feeling, and sincerity. But now we come to the idea of the mind, which deals with reason, logic, intellect. Is it reasonable for me to love Yahweh? Is it logical for me to love him? Does it make sense? Or am I doing it just out of blind devotion? Have I actually thought about whether Yahweh should be loved or should not be loved? Have I even considered what it means to love him with my mind? Apart from loving Yahweh because I want to, is it logical? Does it make sense? You know, there are so many different worldviews in the world today. And a worldview is a system of logical thinking to explain your existence and the existence of things around you. It's a logical explanation of your world. How is this material person living? How is it that I have thoughts? How is it that I can become jealous? How is it that I can become angry? Who made this material world that I live in? And we know that philosophers have carried on and on with thoughts about existence. Some philosophers go even as far as to say, as I don't actually exist. That was their conclusion, that I don't exist. Nothing is true. I don't exist. I hope that's not our logical conclusion. What makes sense? What's logical? Dr. Ravi Zacharias wrote a book called The Logic of God. A logic to it. Is it reasonable? In Isaiah chapter 26, to read a few scriptures here and get some insight. In verse 3, let's just start in verse 1. In that day, the song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He set up walls and ramparts for security. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the one that remains faithful. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in Yahweh forever, for in Yahweh our Elohim we have an everlasting rock. For he has brought low those who dwell on high, the unassailable city. He lays it low and he lays it low to the ground. He casts it out to the dust. The foot will trample it, the feet of the afflicted, the steps of the helpless 
The way of the righteous is smooth. The upright one make the path of the righteous level. Indeed, while you while following the way of Yahweh, your judgments, O Yahweh, we have waited for you eagerly. Your name, even your memorial, is the desire of our souls. So here we have this steadfast mind, the desire of our souls. Do you have a steadfast mind? Are you reasoning this faith out? Does it make sense to you? So many people are in a religious walk in denial because they do not want to ask difficult questions. Some people deny the very existence of Yahweh altogether, but there are yet those who do not deny or accept him. They simply refuse to ask, how did I get here? What is my purpose? How do I define morality? And where do I go or what happens to me when I die? Unwilling to ask the questions. But we are to use our mind to love Yahweh through reason. This can be applied across all levels. When you think about doctrine in the, in the assemblies, when you think about doctrine in the Christian church, we have to reasonably ask, does this doctrine make sense? You know, one of the things that impresses me about Yahweh is how reasonable he is. It's logical the way Yahweh has done things. Some doctrines are so confusing and we wonder, how can I understand this? It doesn't make any sense. I've actually been on in, in my car one time, and I don't know if you ever saw the, um, rather heard the radio program with Hank Hanegraaff called The Bible Answer Man. Maybe you have heard that before, but I remember as a young uh, person in my 20s, I was driving in my car and I was listening to Hank Hanegraaff on The Bible Answer Man radio. And somebody called in about a question regarding the Trinity. And of course, Hank Hanegraaff is a biblical scholar. He's a very um, educated man. And I remember distinctly him, him saying the words, the Trinity is almost impossible for anybody to understand. We must simply accept it through faith. And I remember thinking at that time, that just doesn't sound reasonable to me. It doesn't make sense. Now, I understand, and I'm not getting into the Trinity, I understand the, the reason that some folks have decided upon accepting the Trinity is to try to understand the essence of Yahweh, and that's one of the explanations that they have accepted. But it didn't make sense to me that Yahweh would give us something to not understand. But then there are things that we don't fully comprehend, and so we need to use wisdom, understanding, these are all terms of the mind, wisdom. My grandma Flo uh, is here, and she's not just my grandma, by the way. And she's um, just turned the uh, ripe old age of just under 80. I'm not going to say which one under 80, but. Um, and we're thankful that she's here. And I was thinking about grandparents in general 
and how they are filled with wisdom and how the young people should use that opportunity to seek out the wisdom of older people. To love Yahweh with our minds is to accept truth, to accept understanding, to accept wisdom. Only fools reject wisdom. So if you're a young person and you're thinking, I'd like to succeed in life. I'd like to find a wonderful spouse. I'd like to have a career that's meaningful. I'd like to have a great family life. I'd love to know how to raise children. If you're thinking those things and then also think, but I don't know how, you can use your thoughts, the wisdom of those that are older than you. You can love Yahweh with your mind. In Ephesians, rather, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let's turn there. I'm going to go through these scriptures kind of quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And this is what Kyle was talking about last week. By the way, if you didn't hear Kyle's message, you can find it on the Assembly of Yahweh app, and it'll be under sermons. Well worth your time. For the weapons, verse 4, of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are not destroying speculations in every lofty thing, or rather we are destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of Yahweh. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Messiah. And we are ready to punish all disobedience Whenever your disobedience is complete. Look at what he says. We are destroying speculation. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of Yahweh. It's okay if somebody comes to you with a new idea. It's okay if somebody comes to you with a new doctrinal idea. I'm never upset when somebody wants to tell me what they think about something. Or how they believe something. That's fine. But I'm not going to just let them say it without processing it through my mind. I want to love Yahweh. I want to serve him in my mind. I don't let anything. Let me just say this. I try not to let anything lead me astray. In my mind, I want to serve him. I want to love him. I want him. I want his brand. Right here. You know, the 144,000 of the righteous ones in Revelation, guess what they have written on their forehead? The brand. Think about that for a minute. And those who serve the image of the beast, guess what they get? They get a brand. That's the difference between those in the end time who serve Yahweh and those who do not. It's quite simply Whose brand you bear. Now I did a little bit of research on branding. And the idea of branding in its original time. Was so that ownership of livestock. Could be identified quickly. There were so many brands that cowboys would carry in their pockets. Little books that had all the different brands from the ranches around. So that they could identify whose cow this belonged to. My question is who do you belong to? Are you branded with the name of Yahweh across your mind? When thoughts come in, are they filtered 
through the love of Yahweh, devotion to him, and discarded if they do not bring in that worthiness. Let's keep going. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. We take captive every thought. We challenge false ideas, false theories. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, let's go with uh, verse 20. You did not learn Messiah in this way, if indeed you had heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Yeshua, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. Like Kyle said, the war is of the mind. It's about the truth or the lie. We have to discern in our minds which we will accept. The lusts of deceit. Why is deception so lustful? Because lies taste good. Sin is delicious in the moment. But after, it's gravel in our mouths. He goes on to say in verse 23, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of Yahweh and has been created in righteousness, holiness and truth. We need to love Yahweh with all our mind. Romans chapter seven. There's no way I've been up here for 28 minutes. Is that right? Oh, boy. May turn this into a four-part, you know what I mean? Easy. All right, let's hurry up then, I think. Or we could end early. Romans 7. Now, we realize that Paul had an issue. We don't know exactly what it was, but in Romans chapter 7, he gives us this identifying... um, text about the way his mind operates specifically regarding sin and how he wishes that he could use his mind in a better way. He says in verse, let's just go to 23. I see, oh, we can't start there. Let's just start in verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. He's trying to work out the mental processes here of how he behaves, like Kyle was saying last week. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing that I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of Yahweh in the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin which was in its members. You see, the law is logical. It's reasonable. It makes sense. Anybody who wants to build a society would agree that the law of Yahweh and its morality, its code of conduct is more than sufficient to judge 
and, and, and um, rule a, a group of people. Morality is the basis of any society. And so when we consider the law, it's reasonable. It makes sense. Don't put um, a, a, a log in front of a blind man. That's reasonable. Do not talk bad about a deaf man. He can't hear you. That's reasonable. There are so many things that's reasonable. But when I consider the flesh and the working of the sin, it conflicts with the law of my mind. Finally, let's go to Philippians 2 and 5. These next parts will be quick, I promise. Philippians 2 and verse 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was in Messiah Yeshua. The mind is the attitude. Some of your Bibles will actually say, have this mind, the mind of Messiah. We need to have the mind of Yeshua. The mind of Yahweh. I love what Yahweh loves. I hate what he hates. So let's just uh, continue on here. It's reasonable to serve Yahweh. So I want to serve him with my mind. I, I really appreciate when Kyle talks about the input. When things come into my mind, if it's constantly junk, if it's constantly garbage, it's not going to benefit and so if I choose to let my mind be filled with garbage, I'm not loving Yahweh with all my mind. Now let's go to the soul. Now there are a lot of different doctrinal approaches to the soul. We're not going to get into that. This is just for the sake of this particular study. But the soul is the idea of the complete person. We know in Genesis that man was formed out of the dust of the ground and Yahweh breathed into him and man became a living soul or a being, a being that is alive. But we have a lot of other references about the soul and the spirit of a man, the soul and the spirit of a woman. And so we have that to consider today as well. So if you will, just let's go on a journey through the book of Psalm. And let's start in verse 23. Psalm 23. Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It is true that sometimes we feel hurt and we use these words like soul and spirit and heart and mind sort of interchangeably. And that's exactly what the idea of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and 5 says, is it's the complete person that serves him. Again, I want to address the idea that you can serve Yahweh on a Sabbath, but not serve him any other day of the week. And a lot of times, that's what the Israelites were doing when Yahweh addressed them and says, your lips are serving me, but your heart is far from me. He restores my soul. Psalm 43 and 5.
Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you disturbed within me? Hope in Elohim, for I shall again praise him and help the help of my countenance and my Elohim. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Again, talking about the identity, the personage. Are you loving Yahweh as a person, as a complete person? Have you devoted your entire self-existence to him? Is your entire soul his? Or are you giving him just a portion? It's your being. In Psalm 103, we read in verse 1. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and all that's within me. All my thoughts, all my intentions, all my actions, all my attitudes, all my fears, all my failures. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and all that's within me. You see, the soul is a complete person. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, verse 2, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. It's reasonable to give Yahweh our whole soul. He has been faithful. Psalm 11, verse 5, talks about the soul of Yahweh. Let's read briefly. Yahweh tests the righteous and the wicked. The one who loves violence, his soul hates. So we see that Yahweh has a soul as well, and it's the same word as the human soul. He hates violence. His soul hates violence. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Let's go to verse 24. Then Yeshua said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross or his stake or his staff and follow me. It's like a wild Mustang. You have to be humbled. Your will has to be broken. A broken and a contrite spirit Yahweh does not despise. He must deny himself. When you get branded by Yahweh through the act of baptism, and your heart is seared with his name on it, your mind is seared with his name on it. What you're saying is I give up my own self. I deny myself things that seem pleasing, things that seem uh, wantful. If anybody wants to follow me, he must deny himself. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit, rather, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? 
or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man is going to come in the glory of his father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Truly, I say to you, there are some who are standing here who will not taste death until until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Time after time after time, we see people who have gained the whole world, wealth, prestige, fame, fortune, and yet they commit suicide. They overdose on drugs or they lose their marriage. Why? Because they're giving their soul to the devil. They gave their soul to the evil one and now they have nothing. The warning for every single person who understands the gospel message is that in order to gain your life, you must lose it. It's a contrary belief. It's almost illogical. In order to gain my life, I must lose it. What does that even mean? It means that I have to give up what I want to serve the Father. Amen. Let's go to our strength. And we'll end here with the strength. To love Yahweh with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. Your strength is the ability to accomplish something, the ability to work. Your strength is energy. It's your force to do something. How can I love Yahweh with all my strength? Should I lift weights for him? Is that what it means? Should I be a stronger person in my arms and my legs? Should I have a six pack? Is that what it means? Loving Yahweh with all of our strength, I would challenge you to believe not that Yahweh wants us to be physically fit, although it doesn't hurt. You're going to go to battle like Caleb or Joshua or even Moses. You're going to have to have some some muscle about you. How do I love him with my strength? How about I give, how can I give my abilities to him? Can I love him with my talents? If I've got a voice for singing, can I give him the glory? If I've got a skill of working, can I put that to use for his kingdom? Now, many of you have jobs that do not necessarily work toward the kingdom, but that doesn't mean you can't accomplish kingdom work at your job. How many of you know you can testify about the goodness of Yahweh in your life. What do we use to testify? Our mouth. It's part of our strength. It's our ability. I can use my mouth to testify. How many of us have hands? You can raise your hands to testify. Don't be afraid to raise your hands in the congregation. It's an act of surrender. I'm surrendering to you. I'm giving up myself. I'm raising you high. 
How about can we love Yahweh with our money? Most people don't like to love Yahweh with their money. I'll just take care of that if you don't mind. I was one of those people. I didn't like giving Yahweh my money, and I'll tell you why. I didn't have a lot of it to give. If I give you the money, I ain't going to have none of my own. That's what I thought. Isn't it interesting that Yahweh wants us to love him with all of our strength, and we have these items, and they're ours, but he wants to brand us. It's not ours. It's his. I remember distinctly one time thinking to myself, convicted by the Holy Spirit, you need to give every last penny in your bank account. That might sound heroic, but I assure you it was a very small amount. I want you to step out in faith and just trust me. I want you to trust me with the strength that you have to accomplish things, to make money. And I put that check in the mailbox or wherever it was that was going. No, no, no. I, I gave it at the assembly, rather. And the next day, I went to the mailbox, and I kid you not, there was a check in there. My name on it. Miracles upon miracles when it comes to giving. How do I love him with my strength? I give what I have accomplished. I give what I have to further his kingdom, to bless the lives of those who have little. I give because I've been given. It's something I do with my strength, my ability. I just give it away. I don't trust him just with my work. I trust him with my money. I love him with my money. I love him with my words. The things that I say, do they say, I love you, Yahweh, or do they say something else? I love him with my hearing. Everything about your physical body is a strength to you. Your hands can do work, but your hands can slap. Your feet can walk, and they can also run to evil. Your eyes can see beautiful things, and yet see things that are detestable to the Almighty. Our ears can hear wonderful melodies, but they can also be filled with lies and deceit, hatred, and evil. Are you loving Yahweh with your strength, with your physical being? Yahweh wants a complete person. He wants to brand us. He wants us to be his completely, not just every once in a while. He wants us to ride for his brand proud and true every single day, mounting up on our horse and saying, I serve the Almighty. Watch out. I don't just give him my heart. I don't just give him my mind. I don't just give him my soul or my strength. He gets everything of mine. Everything I have, he gets it all. If we haven't surrendered to him in those areas, if there's an area you haven't surrendered to him, I want you to be thinking about that. Can I ask everybody to just close your eyes with me as we...
close in prayer here to be thinking about the area that Yahweh has not yet branded. Maybe it's the words that you say. Maybe it's the things that you're watching. Maybe it's the places your feet are taking you. Maybe it's the lies that you believe that go contrary to Yahweh's reason and his logic. Maybe it's your will that you haven't given up yet. An area of sin that you're holding on to. The greatest commandment of all is to love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Yahweh, we just want to come before your presence, humbly asking that you give us the opportunity to apologize and to give up areas in our lives that we're holding back from you, to open up and be honest about things that we're not letting you brand, that we're selfishly pursuing, that we're pursuing in wickedness and evil. We want to serve you with our whole heart, Father, with our whole mind, our soul, and our strength. Give us the ability through your spirit. In the name of your son, Yeshua, we give you so much thanks. Thank you so much for your time today. May Yahweh bless you.